and welcome to Sugar Free TV. We are so excited today because we are joined by what we call a kind of pioneer and one of our co-champions of the Sugar Free movement in the UK, Alison Beadle. Welcome to Sweet Liberation, living the sweet life without sugar. Join us as we explore a world of sweetness beyond sugar where health meets flavor. I'm Nabila Fals Gutierrez. And I'm Luke Goddard. We're on a mission to break free from the sugar trap and show you how sweet life can be. Uncover science, stories, and secrets for a rewarding sugar-free lifestyle. Meet experts and entrepreneurs who've embraced sweet liberation. Discover benefits, success stories, and wellness while chasing dreams. Embrace sweet liberation. Let's begin. Hi, Alison. How are you? Hello. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you so much thank for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining us. We're so excited today because um, we're going to be talking about your journey to uh, becoming sugar-free. And you are the founder of uh, Sugar Free Me. Is that right? That's uh, right, yes. Uh, you are just, we want to know all about uh, the work that you've been doing. And of course, just to kind of uh, pick your brains on what you think is going on with sugar and diet and nutrition in this country. Because we are in a catastrophe, aren't we, in our mix in family life and, uh, you know, what that's doing to us. Tell us a little bit about your background and um, about your story uh, around your business, which we're really interested to know. Okay, so I um, I am a personal trainer, uh, group exercise instructor, um, which includes nutrition. And um, I started my journey back in that about when I was 28. So good, uh, quite a long time ago again now. Um, I stopped eating sugar in 2012. Um, now, the reason I stopped doing that was because I had, um, I just felt terrible. So I had really bad kind of low energy, brain fog, uh, constant bloating. Um, my gut was, I was feeling nauseous all the time. I had terrible skin. And um, one of those freebie group on things was like an allergy test then I thought you know what let me just do it and see because like I knew that I've always been intolerant to dairy I knew that so but I was just like maybe there's something else going on here um and so I did the test and it showed up that I was intolerant to gluten dairy and sugar but what it also showed up is that I had a very inflamed kind of gut my whole digestive system was basically leaking it was so I was feeling rubbish because you know that it was all the toxins were going out of my digestive system into my body, which is making me feel rubbish. And I had the wrong balance of bacteria. So I had too much bad stuff and not enough good stuff. So as a result, I felt rubbish. So I did quite a strict thing. And I literally just went cold turkey on and did an elimination diet, which is quite harsh. And I would say if anyone's thinking of doing this, do this with the advice of a nutritional therapist or nutritionist, because you need to support your body. Because when you do this, um, you have a thing if you have candida, which is an overgrowth of type bacteria. When you deprive it of all these things, you get a thing called candida dial, which is like having bad flu. <laughs> and I literally could not work. I couldn't do my job for two weeks. I felt so bad. And um, so you need kind of things like super greens and lots of nutrients and stuff to to um, help eliminate those toxins and balance out your body. So really important if you're going to do this. I mean, I just went a bit hardcore and went, right, let's do it because I feel so rubbish. I may still feel rubbish for a couple of weeks, but you can do it more gently if you want as well. So I did that and I basically cut out all refined sugar. I actually cut back on fruits as well and sugary vegetables like sweet potatoes and peas. So I was quite hardcore. Um, 
And after a couple of weeks, it started to feel better. The skin started to get better. Kept going with it. Got to about two months and I felt amazing. Um, I started losing weight and I hadn't been intentionally trying to lose weight. Um, but I was a little bit bored of the way I was eating. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was hummus and, you know, brown rice cakes and oat cakes and oat bran for breakfast. I was just like, oh, it just it was bored of it. And I, I knew that I couldn't, I didn't really want to go back to eating sugar. And I, I mean, I started to bring things back into my diet again, eventually after a while. But every time I ate gluten, my stomach would swell up. Like, you know, the alien where her belly just comes. I can look three or four months pregnant within half an hour of eating gluten. And and it's not so much the look, to be honest, but it's it's so uncomfortable. Any of those people that are watching this that have a gluten intolerance or a celiac or whatever, it's when your stomach swells up so big, so big you, there's nowhere for it to go and you feel inflamed and you feel like you're going to pop, but you can't, <laughs> if that makes sense. Is it, and so so I um, I made the choice not to, um, you know, carry on eating gluten and I haven't eaten dairy since my early 20s anyway. And I thought, okay, let me have a look for recipes. And there was nothing. There was lots of gluten-free stuff. Well, there was like the diabetic sugar-free stuff. Or there was the dairy-free stuff, but there was nothing that was gluten, dairy, and sugar-free. So I just started um, trying different recipes and replacing the ingredients with the dairy-free or the gluten-free substitutes and um, eventually came up with two recipe books worth of um, recipes, things that I could eat. So it was kind of like normalizing. I don't like to use the word normal because I think the way that we are told is normal eating now is actually highly toxic. Um, and even the new gluten-free products, some of them are so full of rubbish. It's unreal. So people eating gluten-free thinking, you know, or the sugar-free. The other day I saw, and I'm not going to name or shame any, because I don't, I believe you don't have anything positive, don't say it. Yeah. But there was one particular company that were advertising some kind of, uh, it was like a pudding, looked amazing. And I was like, oh, this looks really good. And it's no added sugar. And I was like, yay, I've got to try this. And then I messaged them. I said, this looks amazing. You know, and it was dairy-free and everything as well and gluten-free. And I said, what do you use to sweeten? Uh, and then the response was, well, we use maple syrup, erythritol, and I think it was dates or something else. And I said, what? It's just one of those products in, you know, in your thing. Do you have like one thing? And she said, no, they're all in the same thing. And I was just like, wow. And I was like, do you know what? That's too much sugar for me. I couldn't, you know, some... So there's, it's quite interesting because I discovered on my journey that um, there's a lot of stuff out there that says no added sugar, but actually it's jammed full of dates. So people are choosing these healthy no added sugar flapjacks. When well, they may as well just have a Kit Kat, it's actually got more sugar in. It's jammed full of dates, rice syrup. <laughs> That's still sugar. Honey, sugar. Uh, coconut nectar blossom, yes, it's lower GI, slightly less manufactured, still sugar. So yeah, that, that so I mean that that's how I came about it basically. And then if I do eat sugar by accident, it just makes me feel so ill. Um, I mean now I've started to sweeten with fruit a little bit more, but like for those people that would eat a whole banana, I wouldn't. I'd probably eat a quarter at a time, and I would have it with some almond butter or something so that you know my sugar levels don't spike. Um, but yeah, so and I would never ever have a pulverized fruit smoothie. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd be in a, I'd be in a diabetic coma on the floor. I just literally pass 
yeah. Yeah. So I'm not diabetic, and I use that just as a phrase. Uh, they they carb coma. The carb yeah, coma. Basically. It's a real thing. The carb coma when you absolutely when you indulge and then you are literally incapacitated on the floor, yeah. can't move, and you can't think straight. I'll be allowed normally. Yeah, no, I used to get that as well. Even it was interesting because even when I stopped eating sugar. I had an ice cream once it was sweetened with agave or agave, I don't know how you said. Um, But actually, you know, I honestly wanted to die after eating it. I just, I felt so exhausted and my brain just stopped and I felt nauseous and it was just the sugar from that. And it was a tiny, tiny pop, but I felt it was just the fructose sugar and there was way too much. I just wanted to lie on the floor. So when I say coma, I do actually mean just like sleep coma, carb coma, as you said, Uh, not diabetic because that's a lot more serious. Um... But yeah, so I mean that—that's my journey, basically. Oh my goodness! Well, I can—I—I I echo so many of your sentiments through there, and Candida as an issue as well, having you know, as a woman having had that on and off, certainly the cravings for sugar. I always know if there's a craving for sugar, there's definitely too much Candida in my gut, and this is after years and years of you know knowing on my side. Because uh, my my journey to to sugar free living was through my health as well. So you know, try trying it out and then realizing the benefits. There are literally no downsides to cutting out sugar from your diet, other than how you feel initially, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that that was I'm not going to lie. That that That's took some endurance. Yes. <laughs> it was so worth it. I mean, I dropped a stone in a year. Yeah, uh, I mean that was that wasn't that wasn't the intention. But actually, I mean, now that I'm going through menopause, it's good that I dropped that stone because it means that that would have had an effect on my cholesterol levels and my heart health and stuff as well. So, I mean, it was a win. Yeah, absolutely. I hear you, sister. We're, we're, we're at the same stage of life. <laughs> and I, I can certainly say anytime I bring sugar in just a tiny amount, because I would say I'm mostly sugar-free, occasionally I will indulge in something. If I'm out and about with, uh, normally it's at family events and I just think, Oh, I just and then you, you. I know, I know. I'm gonna feel so bad the next day. Then it takes days for it to clear out of my system. Once if I've had even a small amount, but sometimes I think it's just not even worth it. So, um, so yeah, I'm getting a lot more um, proactive in taking my own cakes and things to the event. <laughs> so that's is... Tupperware. That's me. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's right. To take take something. Um, but yeah, so, so tell us about Sugar Free Me and tell us kind of what, you know, the sort of help that you've been, that you've been offering and some of the results that you've seen, like, you know, tell us a little bit about that and how, how you started it, how long you've been doing it and, and some of the help that you've been giving your clients and results. Let's see. Well, I created Sugar Free Me probably about a year after. Well, I mean, the officially started to be Sugar Free Me probably about a year after giving up sugar because I thought you know what I've done all this investment in this stuff this is a product that we could potentially share with other people like me and I'd encountered some people like that so I wrote my books um I, I did my first book in 2013 I think and the second one 2015 um and on top of that I have personal training clients so most of my clients have cut back on sugar or eliminated it and definitely seen the difference um i created a cut back on sugar um 30 day kind of ebook thing as well so it's it's available on my website as well um which you can download for free and and it's literally it isn't just stop eating sugar it is kind of like let's look at why you're eating sugar is it are you comfort eating is it habit is it reward system for you 
um, you know, and rather than just going, right, no sugar straight away, we look at stages. So we look at like, what do you have in your cupboards? Now, I hate wasting stuff. So I'm just like, right, give it to people or eat it, first of all. And then how do we restock your cupboards? Um, how do we make sure that you still enjoy eating? Because at the end of the day, I'm these people that I live to eat. Yeah, I like food, you know. And so I, th- I think if you're eating something just because you feel you have to and just because you see it as fuel. I mean, some people are like that and that's fine. But if, you know, I think it's important to enjoy what you're eating because you actually get more nutritional value out of it as well. Um, so, uh, you know, how can you make sure that you um, you are enjoying your food? Um, how can you make sure that you don't fall off the wagon? Because that's the hardest thing, eating out and that kind of thing. So I did that. And then I also created uh, Instagram, Facebook pages. So every time I went somewhere and found something amazing, you know, somewhere really helpful, I share it. Um, if I find a new product, I share it. I will never name and shame people. So if there's something I don't like or it's late it, I just won't say anything about it. But I, I want it to be about positive, you know, positive options. Mm-hmm. Um, if I meet interesting people that do amazing stuff, I share it. So, um, and then I always um, share my little failures and um, my successes. Like yesterday, <laughs> it's funny, I found a uh, sugar-free ketchup that I use sometimes. And I was I was having a bit of a cheat day. I try and cook everything as fresh as possible, but sometimes I have some manufactured stuff. It was a gluten-free battered fish thing. Uh, and I had it in some gluten-free bread. And I was trying to do the the sexy Instagram shot with the tomato ketchup going down through the video. It said that the tomato ketchup exploded out everywhere. And and <laughs> covered, covered the entire kitchen. Like my other mom came back and said, How did you get that everywhere so much? So just little things like that, you know, funny things and all like when I've baked and I, you know, I tried mixing chestnut flour and ginger. Does not work. Tastes absolutely disgusting. I'll let you know that now. And people were trying to <laughs> Yeah, if you're trying to use um, the packet egg replacement with gluten-free flours, does not work because they're both starches. So you just get a starchy lump of goo. Just oh. doesn't. So right you know, now, like, yeah, yeah. I had to think of experiment. Went wrong at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, no. Now I use flaxseed and water, and that works. The, at the moment, I'm just experimenting with making my books more vegan. Really, uh, because there's there's so much that you know, and you know my niece actually can't. My niece is anaphylactic, allergic to eggs, nuts, and dairy. So I wanted to be able to make cakes that she could eat a bit more as well. So I tried making one of my cupcakes um, with the uh, flaxseed and water option, and and then I used the cyanobinerate and bicarb to give the raising agent. Yeah. Uh, but then I was a little bit short on the fat. And and so the cakes came out the oven. I ate them. Tasted nice. Less than round outside a client's house, not plastic pots. They try to eat their vegan. You like these, but within two hours they dried out and it like sucked all the moisture out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like one of those little silicone gels you put in uh, in in clothes and uh, and things, and so uh, to, to absorb all the moisture. <laughs> Honestly, it was like even my other half tried it and said, "You need tea with these, Alison. You need moist moisture." And then my client, who's vegan, said. Try putting some apple sauce in it. That might actually help. So that's what I've been doing. I've also worked, collaborated with Sugarwise. So both my books um, are certified by the Sugarwise brand, which means no added sugar or low sugar. Um, And that's globally recognized. They're an amazing organization um, that I've been linked with. 
And they've actually given me the opportunity to attend a sugar summits at Westminster and, uh, and, and the European Parliament, where we all discussed levels of sugar and manufacturing and, and um, you know, the future of kind of like sugar and the impact on children and health. And, you know, so it was, there was been, it's been a really interesting journey. Um, so I, I actually had the opportunity as well. At one point I was selling my couple of sugar-free cakes itself, just beautiful. <laughs> I never would have, you said it 2013, Alison, you're going to stop it 2012. You're going to stop eating sugar. And in like six years time, you're going to be selling your product in Selfridges. So, <laughs> and I've, I've written yeah. some articles as well. So I wrote an intro, uh, an article of the World Food Magazine on children and sugar. Um, and also because I work, I'm now menopause coach. As as life has evolved, so I followed it. Um, and and I'm very I'm adamant that you know if you cut your sugar back before you hit menopause or it, even during menopause. It's going to make such a difference, you know, for your heart health, for your hormone levels, for the level of symptoms that you experience, um, brain fog, the whole lot. You know, sugar is so key to it. So, yeah, I've kind of dabbled in lots of things, I suppose. No, exciting. I mean, uh, I I want to, uh, you know, I, I just want to celebrate you basically on your, on your journey because that is just amazing. And there is just never a time that it's too early to stop eating sugar when you see the benefits of it, right? Absolutely, absolutely never. It's never too late. And the people that I know that have stopped eating sugar, like, like I've got one client who now if she eats sugar occasionally, she'll be like, Alison, I felt terrible. And I felt really bad. Uh, and then I have another client who is uh, menopausal and she was getting really bad anxiety, palpitations and heart flutters. And um, she cut back on her sugar and because and she was at the point where they were kind of saying, oh, you could have thyroid issues. Um, as she cut back on her sugar and it all stopped that it was just the sugar is a stimulant, isn't it? It's like having caffeine. It's like having, um, high levels of tannin. I have one cup of ta- caffeinated tea a day and that's it. But if I was to have caffeine or even hundred percent chocolate, um, you know, that will just send me, it will either give me super, super energy. And if you're in my class, you will die because it would be so hard, <laughs> it will make me anxious and jittery. Um, so, but you know, so it 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 just shows that the, the effect of sugar as a stimulant. People just don't think about that. And also, when you're consuming food uh, which is mass produced and 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 manufactured, and you know everything has sugar in, um, then you know you are even if you think, oh, I don't have sugar in my tea, I don't eat lots of cake. Well, you know, you eat every breakfast cereal has sugar in it. Pretty much, pretty much every breakfast cereal has sugar in it. Um, Talking about that, actually, my son uh, started having porridge, and um, and and he had uh, uh, started had zucker on his porridge, and he found that he wasn't getting brain fog at school, and was able to concentrate better in the classes, and that was a massive change because previously, you know, lots of golden syrup, and then was having a sugar high, then a sugar low, and yeah. but of course, it's very hard to understand if you know if if children are being blamed for not concentrating. Actually, it could be there could be something else in that nutrition, nutrition. the nutrition, and not fueling properly, and that, and then having that sugar high and sugar low. So it's across the spectrum, isn't it? But because absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I, I work, I do teen yoga, so I do yoga. So at one point, I was working with kids from the age of nine to twelve, and they were elite swimmers, and so they would do their swimming, and then they would come and do stretch classes with me too, because. 
a lot of the elite swimmers have incredibly tight fronts of bodies, wing scapula in the back where their shoulder blades stick backwards from the position of front crawl or freestyle as they call it, and very tight hamstrings. Yeah. So they brought me in to do that with them. And I think it was one week, it was somebody's birthday and one of the parents had given them all cookies. So they'd done their hour swim and then they all had these high sugar cookies and they came into class and I had 15 kids on a sugar high and it was an absolute nightmare. And I literally had to write to the parents and say, please do not give your kids sugar before the class. Um, and um, interestingly, one of the kids, managed to get hold of a caffeinated high sugar energy drink before class once and one of his one of his class members actually grasped him up which was good <laughs> and was just like oh he's had this and i was just like can i have that please and he said no because you'll take it off me and i said well let me look at it uh, and i looked at it and it said not suitable for children and and it was i mean it was something that even i would suggest adults take and and so I said, I'm sorry, I'm not giving this back to you. Your, your parents would not want me to allow you to drink this. Um, you can go and get a yogurt drink, which has got fats and sugar in, so you can absorb it if you want something sweeter, or you can have water. But you are not to have the rest of this. I'm sorry, you can't have it. And then, um, interestingly, he then went, obviously, hyper, and his pupils were really dilated. So we all had a look at his eyes. Like, look at your side. This is what happens when you have high sugar and caffeine. And he was like, oh. and then within half an hour, he was feeling nauseous, had a stinking headache and felt terrible. And then I explained to the kids, this is what happened. So it was a valuable life lesson as well. And um, hopefully they never hit the caffeine drinks again. Um, do you, well, I mean, uh, oh, the thing is with sugar, it's like something like six times more addictive than crack cocaine when it hits your, just your brain, you know? I mean, oh, we're giving this to our children from the time that, their babies, you know, when I say we, they society, but uh, people are just not thinking about the, the 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 addictive qualities of sugar as well, are they? Oh, and even dental health. Um, dental. I mean, so I have a, a, I know some of less that you know their their kids weren't good at breakfast. So short, she thought she was doing a great, you know, a great job of giving like a uh, a cereal bar, um, and you know, one of those healthy breakfast cereal bars. And um, an and orange juice says so she got some vitamin C and she got some fiber and stuff. But actually, they're both quite high sugar. And, yeah. and so her child had cavities. And then, you know, then the dentists refused to do the filling until they'd spoken to her and said, why does your child have cavities? And she was proper sugar shamed. And, you know, it, and, and it frustrates me immensely when you have companies that are saying, have this healthy breakfast drink, have this healthy breakfast bar. You know, if you can't eat breakfast, have this, it's good for you. When actually, no, it's not. Um, you know, and if you're starting children on that principle, you know, if you're educating, if, if you're saying, I mean, the adverts on the TV all the time, yeah, you know, don't, you know, don't have breakfast, have a bar. <laughs> it, it's, it's just, and the kids will see it and they will pick up on it. And then there's, I'm not going to name the name, but there's an awful energy drink out at the moment as well, so, which is really trendy and everybody wants to drink it now. And um, you have kids wanting to drink i went to uh i went to the crystal maze experience recently in london and there was a group of kids coming in before us and they all had the hideous drink um and i you could hear them going round the crystal maze from the perception and the people that were running it i was like i feel so sorry for you and they were just like that they were ready to go home after that party 
my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. I mean, I managed to with my um, little one's birthday party. I wouldn't say it was 100% sugar-free, but we managed to make a big sugar-free cake. And so, and the parents came in and ate it and they, nobody knew it was sugar-free, which was a great, I thought that was a win. That's a win right there. And so we made that. And I just thought, yeah, this, you know, it it is possible. We have all the like amazing ingredients and options out there now to still have those treats without the sugar, without the toxic food inside <laughs> so I, th- I thought that was a win so there's absolutely no reason for children not to have treats is if there are you know entrepreneurial uh businesses and pioneers like yourself and like all the other amazing people that we're meeting on this mm. sugar free tv journey yeah. that are so committed to providing solutions um that don't have sugar you know they're just we don't need sugar anymore do we yeah no absolutely and i think one of the things as well that i recognized from my sugar free journey is that um, my parents used sugary treats as reward. So I kid you not, my first steps for walking were to chocolate. Yeah, That's how I learned to walk. So, and I, I'm not blaming my parents for this at all um, because I still like chocolate. I'm talking <laughs> and I, I'm not like the chocolate, but I'm not like the sweet sugar, you know, and I think it's nice to have sweets. That's why I wrote my two recipe books. But at the same time, I've learned that sometimes a reward for me might be I get myself a new book or I have a nice bath or I go for a walk or I do something that I enjoy. Um, And I think, you know, with children as well, I think it's important to have an alternative reward system, if you like. Um, It's funny, my mum still very much is like she, she can't get over the concept that you have dinner and you have pudding. And so every time I say it, she's like, what are you having for pudding, Alison? I don't want any pudding, thanks. She's like, but you, you, can't, you could have pudding. No, no, honestly, I don't have to have pudding. And she yeah. said, can you have some fruit then? Maybe some fruit and custard. <laughs> I don't want pudding. I'm not used to having pudding. I eat cake probably about once a month, if I'm honest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and if I have cake, I have to make it. That's, there are a couple of places that I can get cake, like Raymo's Sugar, Sugar-Free Bakery, who honestly made the best he made i went to his year anniversary party one and he made he got this all the sugar-free people together the rend plattings from sugar wise was there sugar-free london i met her there and he made this um he made gluten-free dairy-free cheesecake sugar-free cheesecake and it was so amazing every time i was like are you sure there's nothing in here i asked him like five times and he said alison honestly you can eat it you're fine and it was just my mate. So yeah, there's a free from bakehouse in London Bridge where you, they sell stuff, which is quite good. And um, there's a place in there's a little market that nearby um, train station, and there's a guy that does sugar free cake there. And my other half bought me some purple yam cakes from the end of the week. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many solutions out there. So um, I know you said that you went to a sugar-free summit. That sounds really, really interesting. Tell us about that and who was there and what was going on. So it's um, there is, it's run, well, it's set up, it's organized by Ren Plattings and Sugarwise. And she's done a few now. Um, they've been at Westminster. Um, they normally, there was, I can't remember his name. My brain is useless sometimes with the menopause. Um, it is a while back now. But anyway, he was a, an MP who was uh, also diabetic. So he was kind of uh, heading up the focus group on sugar, basically. 
uh, and we had various parliamentary members. We had people from the sugar industry. We had people from the, um, I think Jamie Oliver had people there because he's gone into schools and been educating kids on. We had some people from cancer charities um, who have, again, again, you know, are very much into the, the sugar-free thing as well. So we had lots of people from different segments, um, you know, talking about sugar. Um, and admittedly, there are some people there that are just selling their sugar-free products and alternatives, which is fair enough, you know. But we also, we, we talked about things like the levels of sugar in manufactured foods and how, you know, as manufacturers, they can get away from that. Um, and it was quite interesting at one point, uh, I think I'd listened to several people talking about their product. And then they said, did anyone else have anything to say? And I was like, well, actually, I think it's great that you have this. But as a whole, we are nurturing the sweet tooth thing. Um, and so, you know, you, yes, people are going to be having sugar-free fizzy drinks. But at the same time, you're still saying you still need the sweet stuff. That's right. We, and we, actually, when you cut back on sugar, you don't like when I stopped eating sugar completely, um, I could taste the sweetness in almonds. And they say that your sense of smell affects your taste as well. Now, I can smell an oat-so-simple golden syrup 50 meters away. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's, and so, or if somebody even has a, a woody cream on that is sweet now, I can smell it. Um, and it, it's almost, I mean, I've not smoked, but they say when you stop smoking, your, your, your sense of taste heightens. And my sense of taste is definitely heightened. So my recipes that I made, my sugar-free recipes, like, from 2012, if I now make them now with the same quality of xylitol, which is what I use or resetol, then um, it's actually too sweet. I need to take it down. Um, so yeah, that was that's what we had with the summit. The other interesting thing is we actually had the sugar industry there. In the one, the Europe, European Parliament was 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 really interesting because we had so many people that we also had the sugar industry. And what was quite exciting is we're all these little desks with your microphone that you have to press the button on. <laughs> we were actually like in European Parliament, which is super cool. Um, but again, we um, we spoke about sugar in manufacturing and how you could, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, the public are, are dictating that they want this and we take this out, but then people won't buy our product. And it's actually, well, give it a try, you know, see. Um, and also you think about, you know, it was, you know, the, the sugar industry were obviously quite upset being at these meetings <laughs> and, and, and and tried to kind of rubbish things. But, you know, we also looked at the health aspect. So we looked at the, you know, the, the dental health um, because of sugar. We looked at sugar addiction. I met some really interesting people that run addiction clinics that deal with people with sugar addiction. Uh, we looked at sugar and the effect on mental health, not just in children, as we've spoken about, but also in adults as well. Um, you know, I've already mentioned about, you know, I had somebody who was jittery and anxious. And again, if I ate sugar as well, I think that would make me feel quite jittery and anxious as well. So we we had like medical professionals and cancer specialists, and it was just really nice to hear everybody coming together, talking about, you know, how we can tackle things. And and to be fair, you know, SugarWise has now introduced the industry, a global standard, which is being taken up by people. Uh, which is fantastic. Um, so now you can, and there's quite a few quite big brands, and now they've started moving into schools as well. So you can have your school certified as SugarWise. Right. Um, and actually, interestingly, I was in, 
was in a, I was I was in a school hall somewhere the other day, and there was a whole board dedicated to like cutting back on sugar and not. So you know, it's getting out there now. But um, yeah, it's been a really interesting thing to be part of. I mean, when COVID hit, obviously that got canned, and it's taking a while to kind of get back up again. But I mean, it's it's definitely when the first time we did it, it was it was in a tiny little room, and it was for the screening of um, that sugar film. Yes, sorry. Oh, yeah. You can't hear that. Somebody's drilling in the flat building. <laughs> um, but there's, um, it was a screening of that. So we actually watched that, which if you haven't watched it and you want to learn about sugar, watch it because it'll put your sugar for life. Yeah. I, I couldn't actually watch the dental health bit about Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, awful, yeah. But it was, it was, it was soul destroying. And then we, you know, we all discussed stuff there and, and it was, it was kind of a small room. And then the second time we had a much bigger room and there were so many more people. And then we went to European parliament. It was even bigger still. And we had people coming from the Netherlands and, and, and from Greece and we had a speaker from the States. And so it was, you know, it's amazing to see how the, the kind of healthy, um, looking after your sugar levels movement has just expanded it's great yeah absolutely absolutely i mean one of the things that's really interesting to me is that um you know that that we've, we've been interviewing some amazing people haven't we and i mean there's, there's such a link in the food industry i didn't realize that there was an, a, such a link to the tobacco industry the the tailing off of the tobacco industries as they saw the threat started investing in the, the food industries knowing the exact formula to keep people addicted to foods or to create addictions yeah. where people will be addicted for life. And that correlates also with um, the increase in the kind of processed foods because the money's been going into investing in these addictive processed foods. And when you start seeing it, it's just mind-blowing, isn't it? The influence of these industries on our health. It's just uh, very uh, mind-blowing, but also when you start to get into it, very frustrating as well and you want to do something about it so if people are listening to this because we you know it's just been brilliant speaking to you but what sort of tips would you have for them if they're thinking about starting on a sugar-free journey um a bit of inspiration a bit of motivation and maybe some action points to get started first thing i would say is do it gradually because you know with anything if, if you try it and just do a million things at one time you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Mm. So, you know, do it gradually, you know, start by maybe thinking this week, I'm going to get rid of all the processed foods out of my cupboards. You know, uh, I'm going to stop buying chocolate because I'll put my hand up. I like sugar-free chocolate. There is some good sugar-free chocolate out there. Um, mm. But if it's in my cupboard, I will eat it. Mm, me too. So <laughs> I limit myself to smaller bars maybe once a month because yeah. obviously, again, sugar, whilst it's sugar-free, it's still high fat. And um, going through menopause, I have to look after my cholesterol levels as well. So it's another thing to think about as we get older. Um, and actually, that's an important fact that, if, you know, cholesterol levels aren't just increased by um, fat. They're increased by sugar. Okay. That if you have a high sugar diet, that will actually spike your cholesterol as well. I think that's really important because people just think cholesterol, ooh, avocados, fat, not eating this. But actually, it's, it's sugar does that as well. So the first thing I would probably say is take it gradually. Um, and then my, my cut back on sugar ebook will help you do that as well. The second thing is to look at just, you know, it's not just cutting back on sugar. It's looking at why you're eating the sugar. You know, 
uh, I mean, most of us, sugar is addictive. You will get withdrawal symptoms. And the biggest thing I would say is distract yourself with the withdrawal. Okay. So um, my distraction technique, it, this is a bit boring. You, you might find it more interesting. <laughs> but I would, I would just sort a cupboard out. Okay. Um, I've got a really clean house by the end of it, to be honest. Yeah, you, uh, over to mine. That would be great. <laughs> do something that just really absorbs you. So it might be, right, go for a walk. Take yourself away from the opportunity. Don't take your wallet, yeah? So you can't go and buy anything. Um, if you know you're going out and you're going to have a couple of drinks, I, I mean, I don't drink now because, again, for me, that's fermented and it's sugar. And actually, my body hates alcohol now. But listen, I think I'd be sick on half a glass of wine. I don't even want to touch it. But if you were going to go out and you know that you're going to get the munchies and you're going to come back and you're just going to load up on all the bad sugary stuff and you don't want to go through that journey, um, I guess you can get sugar-free kind of drinks now and low things like that is possible. Then, you know, maybe have some food prepped. If you know you've got a busy day and you're going to be too tired to do something healthy, have your food prepped. And that way you're in a whole wagon. If you're going to a restaurant, and you don't want to sit every watch everybody eating pudding because I've done that and it's boring. Um, a you have a decaf coffee or something or a nice you know drink, or I take a little tub of Tupperware and I take my own sugar-free cake. Yeah, um, yeah. and I always ask them at first because some of the restaurants are a little bit funny about that. But if you just say, "Look, I'm intolerant, I can't eat this," then generally they're quite nice. Some of them will even bring it out on a plate to you, so it looks like you've actually got something. I've done that at work juice before when I don't want everyone going, "Oh, you can't eat sugar. Why is that?" And either you just feel like the odd one out. Um, so yeah, be prepared and know why you're having the sugar. So uh, as I've already mentioned, um, for me, sugar was a reward as well. It was part of my reward system. Now my reward system is like, oh, okay, I'm gonna have a facial. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, well, I'm going to have a nana nap in the hammock in my garden. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going, you know, or I watch like there's a favorite TV program that, you know, I'm quite busy. And I'd like, you know what, I'm going to watch it in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, just choose something that feels nice for you that, you know, so your reward isn't just sugar. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So that's, I'm sure it's, that's great advice. And also for women, uh, of our age group that are, you know, uh, thinking of, of embarking on a sugar-free journey and how that might help them through menopause and through, you know, this amazing part of our life. But it's it's certainly there's never and uh, there's never you can never start this journey too early, can you? And it's never too late either. Oh no, absolutely, always, always. I I just think, you know, people. I've I've heard people say, oh, um, oh, you know, I'm this age now. You know, I've only probably got about this many years left. So I may as well just enjoy myself and just eat everything. And I'm like, well, how about you look at it this way? But you could have this many years left if you looked after yourself a little bit better. And then seeing all those amazing other things you could enjoy other than they're just the sugary food. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We can agree more. This yes. is being so enlightening. We can't, we can't wait to actually get to meet you in person too. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, are there any kind of closing points, any last bits that you wanted to say to people? And obviously, we're going to provide a link to um, some of your uh, resources and, and books. Um, any final words you wanted to leave us with? I think the first thing is you can do it. It is possible. 
Um, you know, I I was a sugar addict. Um, I learned to walk following chocolate. Um, and my friend and I used to spend every Friday afternoon eating cake. It was like religion. Um, I ate a lot and had breakfast with like porridge, syrup, and a fruit smoothie. And I go, well, I'm a fitness instructor, so I can burn all those calories off. Actually, no, you can't. You can't do this. (laughs) So the first thing is, you know, if I can do it, anyone can, yeah? Um, And then the second thing I would probably say is if you're doing the sugar-free journey, check your labels. Mm. Check your labels. Look at, learn the names of all the different types of sugar. So dextrose, fructose. Uh, corn syrup, rice syrup, argave, maple syrup, honey. Um, there were there were so many different names for sugar, and then the sugar manufacturers have got very sneaky now. Mm-hmm. So they they don't put sugar anymore, but they'll like be like maltose, and so you'll look at the a label and you'll see maltose, rice syrup, dates, and something, and it'll say no added sugar. Uh, and you're like, actually, dates, dates. Yes, they're fruit. A lot of vegan food has it in. Highest GI glycemic index of all fruits. So, you know, a wasp, it's a natural sugar and it contains fiber and there are nutrients and vitamins in, yes. But if you're eating lots of them, um, then, you know, it's, it is still sugar um, at the end of the day and too much of anything is not great for you. So um, that, that would be my two key things. And it is actually sneaking it in as well because I was appalled the other day. I wanted a, a pack of nuts. I was in the supermarket and I thought, oh, this these nuts look quite good. This is a healthy lunchtime snack. Turned it over. Oh, uh, yeah, we've added seven grams of sugar to the packet of nuts. Be one of these kind of healthier brands. Yeah, I don't want to name. Yeah, just want to name. But a healthier brand that you associate with a healthy snack. Yeah, and um, you know, kind of a newer brand as well that you associate with a healthy snack. I wouldn't have looked twice. And it's sent around. No, no. And it's just everywhere, everywhere. So, um, I mean, what a uh, thank you so much for joining us. What an inspiration. And thank you for motivating us all that it is actually doable and achievable. Um, And, you know, never too early, never too late to give this go. Um, And, and yeah, thank you so much for for coming on Sugar Free TV. And we hope that you'll come back. Yes. To continue. Oh, I'd love to. And I'd also like to, yeah, I'd love to learn a bit more about you guys as well. Because, you know, that's like we've, we've all had very interesting journeys and stuff. Yeah. I still think we have journeys to continue too. And actually, as a group, as you were saying earlier on, as a group of people, we're all pushing in the same direction. Even though we're at the slightly different yeah. angles from it, it is creating that thing. And that strength as a, a collaboration will be something that will then change the government as well. Because, you know, and I know. We talked about Jamie Oliver, and and he was very he was outside Parliament because there was that new turn uh, that the government did. They announced uh, about a year ago, didn't they, about the advertising at nine o'clock, and then they decided, oh, well, we won't do that now. We're going to change our mind, and so there was a big uh, event around that. Mm-hmm. But of course, again, as individuals, we're not as strong as we would be collectively. So that's how we need Absolutely. to absolutely so much work to be done. Yeah. So much work to be done. Thank you so so much. Alison, and we look forward to having you back on Sugar Free TV in the future and meeting you in person mm. for collaborations and, you know, all of the campaigning that needs to be done around this uh, very important subject. Thank you so, so much. And thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us on this sweet journey. Stay inspired and sugar free. 
Tune in for more Sweet Liberation Insights. Until next time, live sweetly and stay liberated.